0: lifted and flung through the air. Hey, hey, friends. My name is CK and I'm the resident DM here at the Disaster Masters podcast. Today I'm joined by not only a cool person, but also another member of the DM team. <laughs> hey cool person introduce <laughs> yourself don't laugh at me Scott. that's the intro yes <laughs> that's the intro i'm working on it
1: <laughs> do i just is it just like my name here what you didn't give me guidelines for what to say
0: this is gonna be the first episode so we'll find oh that. perfect like, okay yeah. It's uh, a perfect and perfect start to the first episode. Just <laughs> neither of us knows what's going on. No. Yeah. Literally uh, So I've I'm film I'm recording these all out of order. So I've already had the conversations with Spencer and Joy, which will be aired later after this episode. But
1: I'm honored to be the first guest.
0: Yes, you're the first guest, even though you're the third person I'm recording with. And they just went, Hi, I'm insert name and I was like, Great, okay.
1: <laughs> all right. So Scott,
0: introduce I'm gonna, yourself.
1: I'm gonna go a bit more uh <laughs> So my name is Scott. I've been playing D and D for on and off for six years now. Uh, I'd nice. say I only recently started playing good D and D, so that'll this, it'll I'll have some interesting stories from some not so good D and
0: D. Hey, yeah, as long as you're having fun, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So Scott, we've known each other for a bit, Jeff,
1: yeah, probably like. Yeah. I mean, we've known about each other for like a year now or so. Yeah.
0: For, it was like yeah. right
1: before our sibling's commencement.
0: Yes. I mean, yeah, like, I, I knew the, of the fact that your brother had a younger sibling. So yeah. our, our older siblings are friends. But uh, so I knew of you. I knew that you existed. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know your name. My sister has this weird hope that everybody of her friends who has younger siblings around my age that I'll be friends with them. And it's sometimes it works, which is really funny.
1: <laughs> no uh how because I send you the friend request on Facebook because my brother yeah. was like, Hey, uh, so make friends with Kaylee on Facebook. She plays D D too. I do. It's
0: true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's
1: what we're here for. We're talking about D D. That was the
0: that was the introduction I got from Aaron. That's so funny. No, see, we met each other, kind of met each other. We we were In each other's presence for the first time at our respective siblings' commencement ceremonies. (laughs) And we kind of just, like, waved at each other from across the room. We did that, like, stupid cool guy nod thing. Yeah. (laughs) We were like, cool, you exist. And then you ignored me for the first three weeks of school. (laughs) I, okay.
1: So, no. First, you
0: friended me on Facebook. And then... There was, like, the games night in orientation week, and I saw you because you were in that same, like, beanie that you were in in your Facebook profile photo. (laughs) So I was like, oh, there's the guy.
1: (laughs) That was before I outgrew beanies. Yeah. Before I became cultured and actually (laughs) cared about my hair.
0: Fair. But I was like, oh, hey, there's the guy. I know him. And then you just walked right past me. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> valid, I guess.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Basically, I'm really awkward with people that I sort of know, but like- That's fair. Haven't actually interacted with. Once I interact with you, yeah, we're yeah. fine. We're dandy. But it's that first interaction that we need to get over. Yes. I'm like, how do I introduce myself here? Because like we're kind of introduced. Yeah. Like we like, knew each
0: other, but we didn't know each other. It's getting
1: that first conversation after that.
0: It's yeah, well, we but we had a it's couple, also like-, like, little awkward blow-bys <laughs> where we would, like, see each other Say like a couple words, acknowledge each other, and then just like part ways. And like I also
1: don't know how to interact with people. Like you know how at SJ they're in a uh, Sweeney, there's yeah. like that tight hall, and like yes. I see somebody coming down, I'll just pull out my phone because I don't know like when do I make That's eye fair. contact, when do I say hello? Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I overthink uh, these things.
0: Yes, context you can tell of why that. Why do great in D and D. Yeah, valid context of that acronym we just threw it. Um, SJ stands for Saint Jerome's University, and it is the college that we both currently attend at the University of Waterloo. Uh, this could all get cut out if I want. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Don't. You're a coward. The
0: magic of editing. Uh, now, I just know myself, and probably right here is going to be a note from, like, editing Kaylee, just calling us dicks. Editing Kaylee here. Past Kaylee, you are, in fact, correct. There was a lot to edit out this episode. Um, What did I edit out? You guys will never know. You're just going to have to live with the mystery unless I re-release it at some point. But until then, back to regularly scheduled program. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, yeah, if you heard that note, then I actually did that. And if you didn't hear that note, whoops, here we are. Anyways, so Scott, you play D&D. What a
1: fantastic observation.
0: Yeah. Hey, it's my opener. It's fine. You laughed at my intro, so we're going with uh, lame openers now, too. Like I said, first episode. It's fine. So you not only play D&D, but you also DM.
1: Yes. On and off.
0: Yeah, on and off. So you've DM'd on and off for a little while, right?
1: Yeah. Uh probably in grade eleven is yeah. when I dragged my friends into playing D D with me. Nice. Maybe might have been grade ten. Yeah.
0: yeah so a while.
1: yeah, it's however long.
0: Yeah. Who knows? It's fine. I don't wanna do math right now. That's for Tomorrow's game. It's fine. So <laughs> Scott also currently plays in the long campaign I'm DMing right now. And you're also taking place in the plethora of summer one shots that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already played one. We have another one coming up soonish. Um we're gonna talk about your character from the all evil one shot, because that was that's a that's a fun that was one. a
1: fantastic character.
0: Yeah, he was a fun one. You you make fun characters, Scott, with DMing for you. Like I'm fairly new to DMing, right? Mm-hmm not like super new. I've been DMing uh, roughly for like about a year because I DM'd a little bit before the other campaign, Yeah. which I've been DMing kind of on and off for about a year. Most of it was through online stuff because my friends before SJ weren't quite geeky enough to actually let me drag them into playing D&D with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But what are some things you find challenging about D&D other than that one particular time that I know of where you DM'd for a group of our friends and you were just completely unprepared for the absolute chaos they bring.
1: DMing, what inspired me to DM is Matthew Mercer. And that, that... See, people you talk like about
0: the, yeah,
1: yeah. People talk about the Matthew Mercer effect, where like players expect the DM to be like really good, amazing voices, like amazing story. I feel like some DMs have the opposite effect, where they expect their players to be very serious and like into the game, yeah. and creating detailed, fantastic characters. As a starter DM, I had that expectation. Uh-huh. That quickly went away as I played with a bunch of murder hobos and
0: yes. There's a the very classic. steep
1: learning curve to DMing as well. Yes, um, there
0: is. Is. can confirm and
1: I tried to run lost minds a couple times but like mm-hmm. those groups were purely because scheduling but then yeah like, it's a lot of effort to do homebrew yeah um it's a lot of work yeah and like I like writing so I yeah. thought it'd be easy but like then you have to do like the balancing and you want to like yeah. weave and in every character's backstory yeah. so it's and
0: it's a different kind of writing mm-hmm. so like, yeah <laughs> I find writing for dming and writing like for D is very different than writing yeah. like short stories or novels I mean, because, you know me, I wrote a lot for theater before mm-hmm. in like back in high school and stuff.
1: The one thing that like is also really difficult is balancing railroading and yeah. freedom of the players because too much freedom and there's literal, literally zero direction. Yeah. But too much railroading is just not fun. And yeah. like, that's not what D&D is about. No. So like trying to find that healthy balance is mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. And like on a more personal level or like, more on a microscopic level for the DMs, it's also being very critical of yourself. Like, yeah. oh, was the story go to they having fun? Yeah, that's why I kind of stepped away from DMing because it's which a lot of responsibility, rare. and I have more fun as a player as it is. As yeah, much as I like want to play D D with some groups, and like the only way you can is through DMing. Yeah, sometimes you have to step up, and like some. And with my other big group during the school year, we were doing um like bi-weekly. So in the yeah. weeks between the main campaign, we do one-shots and like nice. DMing a one-shot where like I actually got a very serious group was actually nice. more stressful
0: Yeah, because it, like
1: then it feels like you have to fulfill their wants. And their as,
0: expectations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. As
1: people who like are very serious into D&D and like- yeah. I was running a different module. I'm not sure if you've heard of Humblewood. Yes. Yeah, I'm running Humblewood. So, like, I'm learning.
0: For anybody who doesn't know Humblewood, first of all, Google it. The art is phenomenal. But also, very quick, like, TLDR, uh, magical, slightly humanoid animals in fun magic forest campaigns. Mm -hmm. So, I'm trying to... Very (laughs) quick.
1: I don't have the whole module memorized. So, like, somebody says, oh, I'm going to use this spell. I'm, what?
0: (laughs) We're like, whoop! Let me Google that real quick. Yeah, uh, quick googling skills is every DM's best friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or so, like
1: memorizing the handbook. Yeah. The DM needs to fully read the book.
0: Yeah. Well, like, definitely.
1: I wouldn't say fully read the handbook, but like understand what's going on. Yeah. Most,
0: as like, long as you kind of understand how actual gameplay works mm-hmm. and the rules and stuff, you'll probably be fine. We'll talk. Won't end
1: it. up on Reddit for DD yeah. horse.
0: Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I think I I mentioned this in some of the episodes that will come out later, but there's some fun D&D resources on Reddit. Don't, like, go deep diving, but if you just Google some, f- like, questions you have about D&D or D&D horror stories or best D&D moments, like, you can find some really fun Reddit threads out there, which is yeah. f- some fun reading if you're new to D&D or you're just interested in it or whatever. Uh, Yeah. So you've played a bunch, clearly. Yes. <laughs> um, you've also played in a couple of... Well, you're in the campaign with me right now, and then you're Mm -hmm. playing the one shot So what are some of your favorite campaigns you've played or, like, moments from campaigns that have, like, really stuck out to you as a more experienced D&D player? Like, it doesn't have to be just my stuff. It can also be other ones, because I've (laughs) heard some fun stories from your other campaigns, and they are very entertaining.
1: Overall campaigns, I think, like, the big group that I'm playing with with, like, my sibling, is... Mm -hmm probably one of the best stories I've played in. Uh, For best stories, there's a lot of stories I could just go on and on about. Good good D&D stories, horror stories. I think one of my favorites is when I was like first DMing for my friends back in like grade 10 or grade 11. I think there was like this ship coming in. I can't remember (laughs) the entire details of the story, Mm -hmm. but they need to get out to a ship. It could have been going in, could have been coming out. They're on the docks and they want to get on the ship. Mm -hmm. So I never, act. they're they're a bunch of murder hobos, right? And I'll tell a story Yeah, of course when I was uh, playing with them.
0: Yeah, one more um, context clue. The murder hobos is just an affectionate term for D&D players who solve most of their problems by killing people in in game, of course, not in real life. Don't don't murder people. Just that's yeah. not a good way to continue playing D&D.
1: <laughs> so Anyways, continue. Basically, they want to get on the boat and how they do it is they steal a crate from the docks as one does. Yes, as and one does. They decide to blast they're the gnome of the party on this crate using Thunderwave. And I'm like, I'm not sure if it, <laughs> like part of me is like, do I would just want the crate to shatter? But I decide, you know what? This is the first time they're actually trying to do something ingenious. Yeah. So like, I'll let him have it. And they were so proud of <laughs> figuring yeah. out to use Thunderwave and just That's launch fun. somebody. That's fun. Um, then fast forward a few months later, uh, one of the players decides they want to take over for DM. One of our yeah. players' older brothers. So we're playing in a new campaign now. He's yeah. done his own story, and we are going to this elven village. And mm-hmm. there's a bridge in the way. I'm not with them at this time. I'm like the one not murder hobo player.
0: Yes, of but course. they decide
1: there's like three of them. Mm -hmm. and there's this one guy he's asking for a one gold bridge fee
0: yeah they're not gonna pay that one gold no of course the classic like bridge troll toll where it's like oh
1: it's just a regular guy
0: I know it's more just like an archetype but yeah Yeah. they're not paying that that's not what murder hobos do
1: it takes them three rounds to kill this guy oh no they set his body on fire and dump him in the river
0: (laughs) that's real murder hobo oh man
1: that's for over three gold yeah so, That's,
0: And for context, in D&D world, three gold is like $3. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a lot. They also
1: <laughs> kept his hammer as a memento for their murder. Spoils as one does.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow.
1: There was another group I joined with more high school friends. Um, yeah. And to, like, get acquainted with the group, he decided to run a one-shot of, like, fantasy high school party goers it, it was actually a really good campaign interesting yeah. basically we were given archetypes i was yeah. like this i was of course given the edgy rogue of um course. the edgy rogue loner there's a bunch of stories but the one of thing course. that i had to fight like a golden bath to steal it from the dad
0: <laughs> that is definitely unique and i like yes it. one of the things and this, i love about dnd is just how flexible it is like yeah, joy uh, is writing us um one shot based entirely on Greco-Roman mythology that takes place in like actual semi historically accurate worlds, and like that's gonna be really fun. Or you can do stuff like that. Or like there's just so many different ways you can do it, and it's so much fun that way.
1: But yeah, but back to your story. I, it was just the fact that I got to fight a golden bathrobe that, like, yeah, that's I'm pretty sure was a monk. Me. Class, like, I think it was actually, like, a character and he classed it as, like, a monk.
0: Like, he made, like, a character sheet for this bathrobe? Yeah, for this
1: golden bathrobe, and That's I'm pretty sure hilarious. it was a monk. Oh, It man. was, it was definitely hilarious. The yeah. rest of the campaign... Was kind of ruined by more players than mm. the DM. The DM yeah. put a lot of heart and soul into it, which the players were really weird dudes.
0: Yeah, um, that happens sometimes. You kind of one of the things I found with D and D, especially like when you play with people you don't know as much, is that you either find out that they're like a lot goofier or a lot more serious than they generally present themselves to be, or like a lot more chaotic or whatever, or you find out that they have kind of this like these weird issues or biases or like ideas and then because yeah. they're put in a lot of the time D is played in like a pseudo fantasy medieval world right so you put them in that world and it's like oh suddenly they hate women and it's like okay
1: yeah it
0: <laughs> it was like, definitely yeah
1: uncomfortable at times
0: yeah i bet so one of my favorite D memories of you scott is how i started dming for our friends because mm-hmm. We had a group of friends. A couple of them are members of the DM team here at Disaster Masters Podcast. A couple of them aren't. Some of them will be on to talk about the old long campaign later on. But um, you DM'd for them the first time when they first wanted to start playing d d One session. One session.
1: <laughs> One session, the introduction to Lost Minds of Phandelver.
0: Yes. One session and... Then I asked if, well, I mentioned that I was wanting to DM, like, real people and not online people. Yeah. Not that friends online are any less valid, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's a little harder to DM online, especially when you don't necessarily know your players very well. And I mentioned to them that I was, like, I asked if they would be willing to let me dm for them and they were like yeah i mean we're playing with scott right now but like we're not sure how long that's gonna last and then i talked specifically to joy about it who like i said will is one of the members of the dm team here and she's gonna be on in an episode soon and she was like oh no scott's definitely done and then i saw you in the buttery that night in context the buttery was the student kitchen in our residence at school and you asked me you're like were you thinking about dming for them and i was like yeah is that okay and you were like please take them off my hands <laughs> and you just looked so panicked and slightly defeated like oh my god i actually have an out okay take it yeah um and i believe you were also shoving macaroni into your face at the time if if yeah that's that's pretty likely considering yeah the buttery scott have um, you ever considered that as at least with dinner times you're a hobbit because you ate like regular dinner and then you went to the buttery as well for later dinner yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing i just have like has that is that something you ever considered do you also do you eat every three hours scott
1: i mean i snack but i don't really count that as like second breakfast <laughs> oh that was a terrible hobbit accent <laughs> <That's> okay <laughs> i've disgraced billy boyd
0: that's okay at some point um later on i'm gonna have an episode with a bunch of people and we're all just gonna talk about lord of the rings
1: <laughs> oh that sounds like a fantastic time
0: yeah you're gonna be one of these people i hope you know wonderful Yes. Um, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. So you're part of the current long campaign I'm running. You've played exactly mm. one session with us Yes. Um, as of this recording. And by the time this goes up, probably a lot more than that, but you're playing tomorrow as well. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how long it's going to take me to edit these. Yeah. So yeah. So you've played, wow. Words. I'm great at this. Clearly. Um, it's also like toast. 9 p.m. when we're filming this. Actually, what time is it? Oh, it's 9.48. Cool. Uh, Context. I usually record at like 10 (laughs) a.m. I don't
1: wake up until well after 10 a.m.
0: Valid. I mean, today I slept in, but not the point. Anyways, so you've played exactly one session in the current long campaign. Yeah. And your character is very fun. You're a fun transporty boy. I am Um, a
1: teleporty boy
0: teleporty boy i always say transport by accident but it's teleport tell us well you're talking to me but tell the the people um a little bit more about your fun character his name is caliban
1: Yes. So back in grade twelve, during writers' craft, whenever I got really bored of writing for the class, I'd write just D and D characters. Oh, I just we're have... have
0: full backstory. Okay. Yeah. No. I, no.
1: Because basically, yeah. that's that factors into like how this character yeah, came about. Okay. And like I'm creating very like stereotypical, like oh lawful paladin, chaotic yeah. rogue, blah, blah blah. So I want to spice things up a bit more, you know. And now I've got like a total bard who inspires people by telling stories. Of, I'm the old day. But um, Love that. Your I also, are also decided to start fun. making characters. Thank you. But I decided to start making characters based off like class combinations. And that's how mm-hmm. like my other character in the main campaign came about because I want to play a drow. And I yes. was like, what, what goes with the drow? Because drow have disadvantage in the sunlight. So like combat is really off the table. So that removes mm-hmm. pretty much every class except yes, for bard. It's true. Uh, are you
0: playing a drow bard? You never told yes, me it, that your bard was a drow.
1: It is fantastic. Everybody hates me. Uh, <laughs>
0: hey man as long as you're having fun Um, i'm having a great time i do still love every time you tell me you're playing a bard i'm reminded that you borrowed my book that is called a dragon walks into a bar and it is a book of 300 plus bad jokes one-liners and quote-unquote zingers based on rpg games and medieval history and that is still infinitely amusing to me (laughs) Anyways, back to Caliban. So
1: at this time, Unearthed Arcana was coming out with like all the new subclass options. Mm -hmm. And... I saw her, I, I didn't, at this time I didn't really care for the ranger. I thought it was just like a worse version of druid or
0: fighter. Mm-hmm. A lot fighter. of people feel that way.
1: Well, now with Unearthed Arcana, like revised ranger yeah. is actually really good and I still despise the druid. Fair. But
0: Don't let uh, I, Abby I, give I, you a say that. Abby loves druids.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs>
0: she will fight you. <laughs>
1: I have a lot of problems with druid as a class, but that, that's beside that's, okay. the point right now.
0: Maybe I'll have you and Abby on at the same time and you can hash out druid versus not druid. That um, could be a fun episode. Anyways, keep talking, going.
1: So, I saw her horizon walker and the whole concept yeah. is like teleporting between realms and like blinking and around yeah. the same i had learned about the elogic which is basically just mm-hmm. the Feywild wild elves that can teleport yeah so i'm like this race can teleport and this class can teleport put it together yes. and you have just a lot of teleports
0: so much teleporting
1: so i kind of wrote a character around that and like when you said hey it's a bit less serious ca- of a campaign. Cool. I'll play a little less serious of character tweaked Caliban. And this is how we got who yeah. we have today of a very yeah. teleporty, uncharismatic boy.
0: Yes. He is not particularly charismatic, though. I do like what you've done with his lack of charisma. Because most people, when they do lack of charisma, they're just like really awkward or whatever. But you're like, mm. you're awkward, but you're awkward and like a little bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I consider assholes
1: to be low charisma.
0: Uh, no, valid. I would agree. Yeah, if if there are any people who self-classify as assholes listening to this podcast, your charisma is in like negative two, bud. anyways.
1: It's definitely an adjustment from having 18 charisma.
0: Yes, as a bard. Yeah, but I I yeah. enjoy Caliban. Bard's a fantastic
1: Bard. class and is a lot of fun.
0: Bard is a fantastic class. If you ever need a really good kind of like pseudo beginner character for D and D, but you still want it to be a really fun class, just go with Bard because it it there's so many fun race class combinations you can do with Bard and like like Drow, sp- like Drow, or like I forever laugh at that meme that's a necromancer Bard and then it's the necro dancer, uh, <laughs> which is a terrible pun, but it makes me laugh.
1: Yeah. Like so, I, I wouldn't consider Bard to be like the best introductory spellcaster. No. For that, Druid might actually be viable. Yeah, um, but or if like you have like Warlock. a
0: little bit more experience, but you don't have a ton of experience. Like Bard's a very fun. Class.
1: But in the end, like doesn't matter how much experience you have. If you want to play yeah. Bard? Play Bard.
0: Yeah, that's spellcasters are really hard to. Yeah, there's a lot more to navigate class. with spellcasters because, like, if you're just playing a rogue or something like that, it's kind of just like okay. What can you do? And then with spellcasters, it's also like, here's all this stuff you also know. I'm,
1: I'm still figuring it out. It's like, how many spells do I learn this level? Yeah, exactly. I think I got it wrong, so I'm going to have to probably delete a few spells.
0: That's okay. We can figure it out. But yeah, so you've played one session, and I like Caliban a lot so far. This world, the long campaign, you know a little bit about it. Not yeah. a ton, because you've only played one session. It's very homebrewed. Yes. Yes, it's very homebrewed. It's a little funky, but that's okay. I've probably written like twice or three times as much lore for this campaign as I have with any other campaign I've DM'd. Mm-hmm. And it's purely because A, it just adds so much to this particular campaign, but also B, because I have players I know who will like appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like 80% of the players in this campaign either are currently or have been DMs at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> or they know enough to be DMs at Abby. Abby knows everything. <laughs> We're going to have Abby on very soon. Anyways, so, yeah, like I said, you don't know a, a ton, a ton about the current long campaign because you are newish to it. Yeah. But what's some stuff so far that you are either enjoying or you want to complain about and, like, super at me? Just feel free.
1: <laughs> it's a hard to do combat without a battle, Matt. It's, like, my I biggest mean, complaint.
0: Fair, but we are also playing entirely over Zoom. Yeah, and yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah, level 20 exists. Also <laughs> fair, but, like, deal with it. That's an
1: impeded combat for me, so. Yeah. It's more just, like, a personal preference of, like, being able to see.
0: Yeah, which is fair.
1: But, no, like, I haven't had many complaints because it's really hard to say what you like or don't like based off one session.
0: Yeah, it's fair. And um, you did join at a very particular session.
1: Yes. it. Yes. So, like, it's hard for me to say, oh, because I don't know how the rest of this is going to play out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the... I
0: hope. Magic, the,
1: <laughs> I don't know how the magic fire is going to play in from before, but... You'll find out. But yeah, no, it, it it's too early to say. That's fair. Also known as, like, I'm going to save my skin from, like... <laughs>
0: So, I have a rule. I don't know if we've ever gone over, like, my personal rules as a DM. Like, not not table rules, but just, like, my personal rules. Um, I try really hard not to kill off characters. Like, if it happens in combat, it happens. But, like, I'm never going to purposely kill off somebody's character unless they have to leave and they tell me specifically they're not coming back. Yeah. So, one of the reasons you were able to join this campaign is because we did have a player leave. I actually added, like, two and a half players to this campaign with the loss of one, but that's a whole other story. I didn't kill off her character. Yeah. She's just off on some unexplained singular side quest. Ooh. Don't knock over your iced tea, Kaylee. That would be bad. (laughs) I am a little bit of a klutz. You know this about me, Scott. Yes. (laughs) This is something anybody who's listening to this can now find out. Anyways, yeah, I try not to kill off characters unless like absolutely necessary. If it's something I talk about with the player beforehand, because I don't know, maybe you make a character and then halfway through you're like, "Eh, I'm not really driving with this character with this campaign. I have a better idea can we kill off the first one for dramatic effect and bring in the new guy? And it's like, sure, we can we can figure that out. But other than that, so like even if you totally roast me on my podcast, I'm not going to just kill off Caliban.
1: I had this running joke when I was um, DMing my friends. It's like, if ever they mess with me at school, I'm like, your character dies next session. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is very...
1: It, it never had any weight to it. I'm not just going to no, call somebody of out of Vendetta. Some DMs do do that. And they're awful.
0: Yeah. DM tip, because we're going to uh, install that now whenever we're talking about D&D. Sometimes we'll pepper in fun DM tips. So yeah. DM tip, this is going to be the first DM tip on air. Just don't oh. be a dick to your players. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't, yeah, and like you can't play D anD D without your players. It's like it's all well and fine if you have the whole campaign written, but also as soon as you don't have players, that campaign is gonna rot in your Google Drive.
1: There is, I know for a fact, there's DMs out there that treat it like DM versus players. That's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to build a collective story. The DM just happens to be like God. If you want to abuse the powers of God, go ahead. You're just not going to have a fun story to build.
0: Yeah, exactly. But also, like, if you're, especially with homebrews and stuff, it's like you are playing also just because you're DMing doesn't mean you're not still a player. Hmm. So it's just like, don't be a dick to your players because they will be dicks back. Um, But also, it's just more fun if it's collaborative and you're all working together and having fun. Yeah. So yeah, that's the first DM tip on air. Great. Ooh. <laughs> so moving on to some stuff that's a little less D&D-centric. You mentioned before, and I know this about you, that you do also like all kinds of writing, yeah. not just D and D based. So, what like what kind of writing do you mainly spend time doing? Like, do you write I'm, novels, short stories, scripts? What's up? I well, <laughs> that sounded so aggressive. I apologize.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's a good question, one that I can't Why, particularly. Thank you. It's like, oh, what do you write? Well, I write the beginning of stories, and then I stop. <laughs>
0: At the mood. Man.
1: Um, I think the only time I ever truly finished a story from like what I had planned originally was like 35,000 words. I was back in like grade eight. Wow. It's not a good story if I went back and read it. I'd- want to sure. set it on fire even though it's on my google drive but um <laughs>
0: don't set your laptop on fire Scott
1: <laughs> I don't plan on it it's a very expensive laptop and I basically need to do it I need it for like all of my hobbies
0: fair you can't play d d if you don't have a computer like you can normally yeah. but we are in the middle of a global pandemic yes. so we It'd are be safe- very hard
1: to get a new one
0: Yes, just, and we yeah. are safe, responsible humans playing D&D while still observing social distance. Yes. Yes.
1: Except when we go to protests. But but we we're
0: know. also going to protest safely because human rights are important, but also don't die of plague. Yes. I don't plan on dying of plague. <laughs> Good. Um, you have to appear again on this podcast, Scott. You're not allowed oh. to die of plague. <laughs> that, <I will> find- <laughs> that is my one
1: value as a human being to you. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're here to talk about. No. Anyways, what do Anyways. I write?
0: Yeah, so what um,
1: do you write? I mostly write fiction, mostly like fantasy, mostly inspired by D, D and like Lord fun. of the Rings and all that. But yeah. right now, my main story is like a cross between sci-fi fantasy. Fun. It's it, it's a lot of fun. I need to get the words on the page. Whenever I'm writing, it's like yeah, one it hour up. before bed at like 1 a.m. It's not my uh. best writing. I probably need to delete it all. No, it's but okay.
0: it's okay. I, I sent you some of the writing that I did in my like terrible insomnia times. You'd be like, Kaylee, this doesn't. This is just words. Yeah. But I kept it because it's, it's still like good ideas and stuff. Mostly it's just a lot of stream of consciousness style ideas. It's like, okay, 17-year-old Kaylee, this makes no sense, but thank yeah. you for the effort.
1: Also, as much as like everybody does poetry, you know, sometimes you just got to yeah. get that shit out.
0: Yeah, poetry is fun too because sometimes it can like, obviously for just nice kind of, I was about to say lethargic, that's not the right word, cathartic purposes, <laughs> but stop laughing at me, Scott. <laughs> Anyways, but. It's also nice because poetry doesn't, like, it's not a novel and it's not a short story or a zero campaign. Yeah, it's like, cool, I'm going to write my feelings down or this fun metaphor I thought of and then I'm done and I can go to sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, most of the poetry that I write ends up getting deleted. That's okay. Uh, Yeah, no, like the fantastic thing about writing is that nobody has to see it. Yeah. Except back in like when people first found out in like grade 10 that I was, that I like really enjoyed writing. Everyone's like, hey, Scott, can I see it? It was the worst thing because every day people are just asking. And eventually you cave and you're like, fine, you can see it. Yeah. And then they just don't read it.
0: Yeah. Either they don't read it or they read it and they don't realize that, yeah, that it's like a draft or just the beginning or whatever. That happened too. Yeah. And it's, like, not the best time. Yeah, I also do a lot of writing. You know that. Mostly the writing I did in high school was theater-based. Plays are fun because they're also kind of less commitment than, like, a short story or a novel. It's kind of just like, here's people talking. The rest you can figure out later.
1: <laughs> yeah. For Writers Craft, you actually had to, like, write a script for the drama class for, like, their final summatives. Oh, uh, mine funny. was not selected. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, I love the concept. The execution was poor.
0: Yeah. Because it it's one of
1: those where, like, you have the idea, like, close to the due date and you just get the words uh, on the page. You don't care yeah. after the fact. Except uh the drama teacher was vicious.
0: Uh Yeah, um, as drama teachers often are.
1: My second draft was a lot better and yeah. very different from the first draft. But, like, writing plays is fun. Not yeah. exactly my thing. Uh, I also had to, like, write scripts for ComTech or, like, yeah. it was a movie-making class, right? Yeah. I learned something in Writers' Craft, which is, like, never go with your first five ideas. Just write five ideas Yeah. Probably toss them. I mean, maybe you'll have like an amazing first few ideas. But yeah.
0: But like, unless it's amazing, just Mm -hmm. like get all the like brain vomit ideas out for lack of a better term and then keep going.
1: You usually get the best ideas after like five, right? Yeah. I wish I knew that for ComTech, but I had already been in my final summit. And (laughs) I don't think my final summit was like the worst thing I ever did. But the thing with ComTech for me, like I had ideas that like could have been good Mm-hmm. But I did not have the resources to execute them.
0: Yeah. So like
1: they didn't really turn out well. I still got like high 80s in the class, but like, yeah, I could have been in 90s. So they're not a DM tip, but a writer tip for all of you out there.
0: Oh, we're doing writer tip now. Like, writer's tip now oh, too.
1: Just a bit. That's um, okay.
0: We can. So now we have DM tips and writer's tips. Go for yeah, it. What's your writer's don't go tip? With your
1: fir- or like not don't go with your first five ideas, but like always write down more than five ideas. Yeah. Unless you'll have like that eureka moment in the shower and like you really want to that, go yeah. for it. Like if you and think cherish, your first ideas. Yeah.
0: And cherish those eureka moments in the shower.
1: Don't like just throw out the ideas. You might be able to like rework them or yeah. things like that. It's just if you go with that first idea, you might leave behind something else or you might just do a infinitely worse project than you could have if you had better, <laughs> if you had been more patient.
0: Fair enough. So here's a like a fun but also dumb interview style question I like to ask these every so often. If you could write a story about anything, like any genre, any medium, with like no bars of creativity or writer's block or actually having to write stuff down, like just anything, what would it be about?
1: My dream project, like if I make it big, this is the thing yeah. that I'd gun to do. Okay. A Calvin and Hobbes movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> in the original like art style yeah, yeah. like it, it's animated in yeah. the original art style I Fun. Calvin and Hobbes is part of like who I am we had like the full collection of, like three big tomes I in my that. house I read through it all in like a week I'd reread it over and over again and just like Calvin and Hobbes is just such a timeless story it's just
0: mm-hmm.
1: a imaginative kind of more intelligent than he really should be But that's just so he can get the comedy across, the writer can get the comedy across. Yeah. But, like, there's just something so pure about Calvin and Hobbes is, like, you know how old comics half the time are, like, they're kind of sketchy, like, do they hold up in modern times? Calvin and Hobbes, I'm pretty sure, does. Like, it doesn't really talk about, like, there's no real, like, race jokes or...
0: Yeah. It's just kind of like a a nice, fun time. It's just
1: a kid wondering why the world is the way it is and... Going on magical adventures, that's
0: so great.
1: Calvin and Hobbes movie would be like a dream for me.
0: I love that. That's your dream project. That's I so thought about this a
1: lot this year and completely. like last year.
0: Yeah, no, that's great though. That's fantastic. I think and for there's me, like a bunch
1: of other dream jobs. Like I, I love yeah. Red Robin from Batman. I know you said Fair. you don't really like DC, but like
0: no, I don't mind DC.
1: Tim Drake is the Robin that I think is the most ignored.
0: Yeah, but, um, out of yeah, like I'd all agree. of them,
1: and like people would be like, oh, Tim Drake sucks." Dick Grayson, if you like Dick Grayson, like, cool. Yeah. That,
0: it's like, like just enjoy who you enjoy and don't drag down other mm-hmm. characters. Just like, yeah,
1: I, I like. I'd love to do a Tim Drake like comic book run. He he had mm-hmm. his last one in, like two thousand nine, yeah, and it was a really good run. But like, you look at the Robins nowadays, and like, yeah. Dick Grayson has his own run, but like right now it's butchered because he's like Rick Grayson right now. And Mm. then you got Red Hood and the Outlaws. Jason Todd has his own, like it's not a solo run, but it's basically just about Jason Todd and the other outlaws or side characters. Yeah. Somebody would probably kill me for saying that, but. That's
0: okay. Then you have. This is just a fun, goofy podcast. There's going to be no murder, no death threats. Mm. If we get death threats at (laughs) all.
1: Dude, (laughs) got to get (laughs) viewers first.
0: Yeah, Valid. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get there. Who knows?
1: And then, like, Damian Wayne has, like, Batman and Robin, Teen Titans. Yeah. He's in a few runs right now. And I know, like, yeah, Red Robin is in uh, Young Justice right now. But mm-hmm. having him have a solo run it would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I wish I was more into comics than I am. I used to be really into them. And then I just kind of didn't have time. <laughs> it's a
1: big commitment. Like, there's a yeah. lot of comics coming out nowadays. and like. Yeah. It's pretty I mean, pricey.
0: Yeah, and even for a while, like, I was just so... Like I said, I was a theater kid. I was in everything in high school. But, like, I, like, didn't even have time to read books. Like, I barely had time to read for class. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, feel free to laugh Imagine me. Imagine reading
1: just, your books for class.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, man.
1: <laughs> I didn't really read for English starting, like, grade 11. I read Macbeth because Macbeth goes hard. But, yeah, like, Macbeth is a Gatsby... Great.
0: Yeah, no. I'd already um, read
1: that for, like, summer school before I broke my bones.
0: Yes, that's um, valid uh for anybody know. who has that doesn't need on, the
1: that doesn't need the yeah
0: no <laughs> side uh,
1: note
0: no uh but yeah this the the side note i am gonna say is for anybody Thank who you. has opinions on shakespeare uh scott and i both agree that macbeth is the best play feel free to at us we will argue this
1: like if you argue like hamlet or othello uh, yeah like, actually well i don't think there's like a wrong opinion
0: no or, there well. isn't it's more just it's not really arguments it's spirited discussions
1: Mm. we'll say that we'll say that
0: (laughs) yeah we'll go with that it's fine Shakespeare I enjoy Shakespeare a lot like one of the reasons that I'm doing one of the reasons why I'm studying in university the way I'm studying is because I like learning about like lots of different stuff and just being able to kind of take classes about whatever I want and I've always liked Shakespeare a lot and also Shakespeare was a weird dude you don't know why Shakespeare was weird just google it Just go on that deep dive. It's a fun one, I promise. (laughs) So I have a question for you because I'm legitimately curious and I ask a lot of my friends who are into writing this, like, why do you write? Like, what do you like about writing? Because everybody has a different answer and I know it's kind of a, a little bit of a complicated question, but it's so interesting to hear why people do what they do. I don't, I don't
1: think there's a specific like answers to why I can do, like there's just stories that I want to tell, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think I can really explain why uh, like I can't really verbally tell my friends about some story I have in my head. No, I got to write that. Fair enough. But like part of me just wants to write for the rest of my life. We're like, yeah, I want to be a published author. So does everybody else who writes. I don't know why I started in the first place, though. Went back Mm -hmm. in like grade two when I was doing little (laughs) comic books. Flip books. Yeah, like Love a good that was more stuff. when I was into drawing more than writing. They just happened yeah. to go together. I think it just slowly transitioned into I'm writing. Sorry. Drawing kind of got left by the wayside back in like grade mm-hmm. six, I think. Do I write a lot nowadays? Not as much as I should.
0: But you're also potentially double majoring in university and like you're busy.
1: <laughs> I like to joke to myself back in grade seven or eight, I promised my English teachers because I loved my English teachers. Yes. They actually like believed in me when most of my teachers. Oh, that's
0: mm. good. That, that wasn't meant to be sarcastic. I'm sorry if it did. Yeah. I'm legitimately glad.
1: <laughs> like I wasn't exactly the best student, but English was like what I was really good at. So I promised them like, oh, I'll have a book for you finished by graduation. And then grade A graduation pass and I didn't have something done, Mm -hmm. high school graduation pass and I didn't have anything done, I'm pretty sure my undergrad is going to pass and I won't have anything done. But maybe by the time I finish my master's, because I plan on pursuing a master's right now, maybe then I'll have something done.
0: I believe in you. I mean, I want to read it, so yeah. I, I
1: have like a full plot. I just need to get the words on the page. Like, I'm that's I'm fair. pretty self-critical about my writing. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, like that's... as much as every writer is. Yeah. Everybody looks at me like, wow, this is shit. So at one point, I just need to get over it. Just like,
0: yeah. I like to say, I'm like, I was reading, ugh, I don't remember what it was. This was so long ago, Um, back when I was writing plays and stuff. And one of the hard things about writing plays is that writing dialogue is very different from like speaking the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Because you'll write something and you're like, that's a brilliant line. And then you say it out loud and you're like, oh. Always ugh. say your dialogue out loud. Yeah, definitely. Uh, writing tip. Always say your dialogue out loud. But, One thing
1: I love about writing yeah. is I do a lot of action for mine. Like, yeah. mine's about a thief, right? So- What'll like I used to just write out action, like reading it back, like it doesn't make sense. So no. what I've begun to do is like, you actually start to mime it out. This was something yeah. that I used to go to like writing workshops. Like yeah. there was once a year where like there was a writer, op- Canadian writers and authors would come to Ottawa and like- Yeah. there's like one of those in Toronto too. Yeah. So I usually did illustrators because that was back when I was really into drawing. Mm-hmm. But like this one author that I- went to was like act out what you do. And it didn't really stick with me at the time. But nowadays it's like I find my writing flows better because I know how like how to properly describe the actions of like oh yeah. The main character. So
0: And I mean what I was like the the thing I was trying to remember was this idea that I actually think I got from one of those writing conferences. And something this author said was the only thing your first draft has to do is exist. Like it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't even have to be finished. Like, all it has to do is exist. And then once it exists, it exists and you can go from there. So, writing tip all your first draft has to do is exist. (laughs) Just like do it, just get it done, or at least put something down on paper, make it exist. Like, say,
1: and the other tip that was really important that you said earlier Mm -hmm. was like speak your dialogue.
0: Yes. Because if you, if you won't say it,
1: though, there is also the whole thing that like, there has to be a level of unrealistic dialogue. Cause yeah. like don't go like as you know, Bob, where somebody's just lecturing somebody what they probably already know for the sake of exposition. Yeah. Try to find a different way to do that. But
0: Yeah. And like every writer's craft or English teacher teacher will parrot at you like, show, don't tell. It's like
1: you don't always have to follow that rule. No, you like don't. The, the rules of English exist to be broken.
0: Yes. Just so long as you can
1: break them properly.
0: Yes. And if your style is like very, I'm going to tell you everything, you the reader, everything, so that you have this dramatic irony that the characters don't, live your life. Like just... Yeah, just do it. Just right. Yeah. You know? All your first draft has to do is exist. Ignore everything we say too. Yeah. You don't
1: have to follow us.
0: We are not the be all end all of writing advice. We are like, (laughs) we're barely advice. (laughs) (laughs) We're just we're just two nerds talking about things we enjoy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This just advice from what I've learned from however many years of writing I've been doing now. How yeah. how long ago is great too?
0: I don't know. 13 man. years ago. Sure. <laughs> Who knows. That's yeah, Don't that, do the math. It'll just be upside. No, that
1: that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Anyways. So, here's a fun little um crossover between the two things we've been talking about. What is this, a crossover episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, this is the first episode of the podcast. It can't be a crossover yet. (laughs) Anyways, homebrew campaigns in D&D. We talked about them very briefly. We touched on them. But the question I have for you is, because you don't do a ton ton of homebrew writing, right? When you DM? No, when I DM, it's
1: pretty much homebrew because modules are expensive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, valid. So... When you write for D &D, and D, how is it different? We've talked about this a little bit. Like, how is it different in terms of just actual ideas and world building and characters and story, than when you're (laughs) just writing for like a novel or a short story or a play?
1: I might have a different answer than what you're looking for here. Because no, I'm not looking for any
0: answer. I just want to know what you think.
1: Back when I was DMing, I was also writing like a stereotypical fantasy world that I didn't really have like a unique direction. I'm glad I have the current idea anyways. But um, the essence of my answer is that there wasn't much difference because world building for my writing was world building for my homebrew. That's fair. Um, The key distinction is probably what you're world building because- what I found was some of where my players were going was different from where my writing novel writing was. Yeah. So it allowed me to flesh out different points and like, you have to have a pretty detailed world build to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you don't have to, I just prefer to have like a pretty detailed world. Build. Yeah. So it was really helpful. And like, maybe I'd be writing, I'm like, Hey, this is a pretty good idea for the campaign for this place. So yeah. they they fed off each other where it was a feedback of like, okay, so this could, this makes yeah. sense in, like the novels if I ever want to like go here because back then I also didn't really plan out my writing fair like I had specific story beats that I want to hit Mm -hmm. it just wasn't like specific you know yeah like I didn't have the whole overarching story so it would be like so the characters are doing this what happens there and blah blah blah
0: yeah
1: now it's a bit more structured where i have like because my whole story is a heist so you kind of have yes. to have there's like this I love steps a good to heist a heist. story it's, heist it's great stories actually are so having fun. a structure yeah oh i wouldn't say it's good <laughs> but hey, now i'm doing like what i when i tried to get a campaign off the ground and like mm-hmm. it falling was completely my fault because i got caught up in like moving and stuff yeah but um I was trying to do a completely new world and it's it's yeah. really hard to do a completely new world. Um, it is. Cuz like especially when you're trying to like throw your players into a new world. Yeah. Then it's like okay, what do they know? What do yeah. I know? as a yeah. <laughs> writer that's a like, that's
0: an important question you need to ask yourself as a dm when you're making a homebrew what do i know about this world because like you're not gonna
1: have the whole world you're not no that's not
0: that's just not possible
1: as much as i'd like to joke about dms being god you're you yeah. don't know every detail about your world and like when your player's asking obscure history questions like i don't know <laughs>
0: You have two answers. You have two options. You can either say, I don't know, or you can improv the hell out of it. <laughs> and those are your options. <laughs> it's definitely
1: interesting to be world building as a DM, because mm-hmm. especially in like a homebrew world where your players are like, hey, so I want to come from like this specific type of place. And you're like, yeah, I don't have that kind of place. What can I do with this? Yeah. So your players can drive innovation instead of you just being on your own. And again, this comes back to the idea of like the DM and the players creating this mutual story, especially in the homebrew area. There's a lot more leeway for creating this story. There's
0: so much wiggle room. But like
1: that being said, there's also a lot of wiggle room when
0: you're using
1: like pre created world. Cause like we're in the Forgotten Realms for my big campaign. And like I'm learning things for my character and I'm running this through the DM. Like, hey, this could be a cool idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Homebrew
1: is definitely fun.
0: Homebrew is fun. My personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I prefer homebrew. Yes. Over like any of the pre made <laughs> builds or modules or whatever. Yeah. I just find like, especially because it gives you so much, not always, obviously, but it, a lot of the time, it gives you so much more freedom with your character as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Because I find sometimes when you're playing pre-made builds, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is already, like, a thing, so what character can I make that fits into this thing? Yeah. Versus when you're starting a new campaign, like, you came into my campaign a little differently, obviously, because you came in later. Yeah. But you knew a little bit about the world already, but not really the quest or the plot. I mm-hmm. purposely kept that from you. And you still don't really know a lot about that. You'll find out about that a little more tomorrow. Um, cool. Yeah. Exciting. Little uh, teaser there. But And so you made your character, and your character is like fun and creative, and he's now part of this campaign. But when I did session zero with um, my party at the, right at the beginning of this, I already had the world written. Like I had the world made, but I didn't have any of the like quests or anything plotted out. So I told them to make their characters and from the character build they gave me, I figured out what kind of quest would suit their interests the best. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the most homebrewy campaign I've ever run. Like the last long campaign was definitely an interesting one, which is with the group I took off your hands, our wonderful chaotic friends. <laughs> Like, we ran a one-shot, and I think you knew this. I think I invited you to play, and you were like, nope, not right now.
1: I think at that time, I was actually just busy.
0: Probably. I wouldn't have begrudged you if you were a little scarred as well. Uh, <laughs> if our friends are listening to this, we love you. You guys are just chaotic as hell. <laughs>
1: let's, let's waterboard the goblin.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a whole story. I'm going to have a couple people from that campaign on at some point to talk about that that, uh, one-shot. You maybe as well. Anyways, we were in a one-shot, and from the one-shot, which they all very much enjoyed, we decided to start this long campaign, and they liked the kind of universe of the one-shot, and they want to continue this long campaign in the same universe with the same characters. Mm-hmm. With like a few different characters, but mostly the same. Which is fine, except I really didn't set up the universe for the one-shot very well. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a one-shot. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of one-shots is like, you set it up, and then you're done with it. Yeah. Um, I also ended up co DMing that campaign, which was a an interesting experience. Something that kind of became... Not necessarily an issue, but like a challenge was balancing the kind of story we wanted to tell, and especially because my Cody was the first time he was ever DMing, mm-hmm. with the world we had set up for this one shot that I had set up for this one shot, and the type of story our characters wanted to play. Yeah. Because the thing with like with one shots is that they're not really meant to be expanded. <laughs> they can be if you do the yeah. work from the beginning, but I did not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we tried to expand it, it, it ended up being very narrow of a world. So it's like, here's your quest and you do your quest <laughs> and then there's a couple other places you can go, but like mostly just do your quest and move on and that's kind of what it ended up being, which I'm not very happy with but that campaign's also over and done with and my players still had fun, which is what's important. But with yeah. this particular homebrew which I'm, you will discover, there's so much detail in this world. Like the episode that's coming out directly after this is uh, Spencer and I was talking to her a lot about that I can't say much to you because it does involve details of this campaign you don't know yet partially because Spencer's been a bit of a sounding board when I was creating the world every so often I'd come up with an idea and I'd be like this seems fun but what if that's just to me <laughs> mm-hmm. I find the most funny D&D jokes in campaigns are the ones that are very character driven yeah so something you will discover in this campaign we have a character named Caberink who you've already met. Mm -hmm. Our friend Victoria is playing him and he is a barbarian who is a gnome with a height complex. He wears three-inch lifts in his shoes and a hat that is a foot tall. He is very funny. He is not very smart. If you say anything about his height in a bad way, he will hit you. And he is a barbarian. (laughs) So it will hurt. In their very first session, I was playing an NPC, and I said something that was not meant to be a height insult, and that is how Cabering chose to take it. And he cold clocked this NPC in the face so hard. Not only did he get them in a bar fight, but he knocked this guy out in one go. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, the running joke with uh my bard Kaeen is uh he's a drow. So there's already that kind of level of untrustworthiness. Yeah. And like I put him as part of a criminal cartel.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Which,
1: yeah, that'll heighten the untrustworthiness. I put him in very vibrant clothing, but he's very uh, shifty. So everywhere he goes, just people do not like him. People in his party. Yeah. I mean, like, we're, we're getting there. We're actually getting really yeah. good character progression. But right now, we're trying to, like, defeat this demon. Mm-hmm. And we break into, like, this group of adventurers who previously dealt with this demon or, yeah. like, living under their whole quarters so we went, we broke, we did some breaking and entering, uh, inspired by Cade. Yes. Which got us in trouble with the law. Of course. Already. But we found a map. We went to the map's location, and there's a bunch of orcs. They want to kill me. <laughs> and, you know, we're like, okay, I'm whatever. Person. We, we negotiated, we're like, hey, we don't kill Kaid because he's being helpful. But it got, we're getting to the point where we're like, okay, we need to recruit more orcs because you know we're running out of manpower and we want, yeah. we, there could be like more people coming through. So we don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So we're going down and we're like, can we feasibly make sure that they don't kill Kaid? And the one orc that's like leading us to his home is like, yeah, yeah they sacrifice elves so they can gain the favor of the god. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you know that yeah, like Simpsons meme, yeah. like the kids on the bus? I'm in danger. Yes. <laughs> that's just, that's just Kaid's <laughs> perpetual state at this point because oh, everybody wants to kill me.
0: That's so funny. It's okay. I think the best DM meme is just the dog in the room that's on fire. Like, <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> Especially when you have chaotic, chaotic groups. A later episode that I've already recorded with Joy, we're going to talk about playing with chaotic groups and what that's like. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah, that's that's all the like questions, prompts I have for you today. Anything else you wow. want to talk about? Yeah, I know. I mean we have I, mean, I, could, I could
1: say why I hate Druid as a class.
0: Sure. Give us the like quick rundown of why okay. you hate Druid as a class, and then I'll do my work in progress well, outro. I'm
1: I'm glad you asked that question completely unprompted.
0: Yes. Um, entirely unprompted.
1: <laughs> okay. So here's here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Druid is a spellcasting class. Yes. One of the main features of Druid is Wild Shape, in which yes. you can turn into an animal, which is cool.
0: However, yeah. in Wild Shape, you cannot spell cast until level 18. It's, and that is two levels away from the highest possible yes. level for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. So for
1: a spellcaster class <laughs> whose main ability, which would be like Barbarian's Rage, yes, m- makes them unable to spell cast, just it just seems
0: counterintuitive. It's a fair point.
1: What, what I kind of hypothesized was like early levels Spellcasters run out of spells really fast. It's it's yes. really it sucks to play a spellcaster early. So like yeah. yeah, wild shape could be a feature to like cover the weakness of Druid being a spellcaster
0: mm-hmm. to Who runs out of spell slots. Yeah.
1: Yeah. However, that's not how it really plays. No. It's encouraged to Wild Shape. Yeah. So in the end, it feels more like spellcasting is the backup plan. Or like when you get to later levels, you're doing really either or. Like you're either in wild shape for most of the combat or you're spellcasting for most of the combat. So one yeah. falls by the wayside, it kind of feels like you have to choose which path you want to go for druid, which could be a cool concept, except no other yeah. class really has that concept of like yeah duality of a class.
0: Yeah. Like not the same way at least. You
1: have play styles for subclass, but yeah, Druid feels like it's beyond playstyle and more like two different classes.
0: Yeah. That's actually, um, that's a really good point. You know what? Now I'm definitely going to have a uh, an episode where you and Abby both come on and duke it out over.
1: Duke it out about whether Druid. or not Druid is a poorly yeah. designed class.
0: Yeah. Like I've, I've been
1: proven wrong about thinking hey, like classes are bad. I used to think Ranger was a bad class, but then Revised Ranger, You're playing out, a Ranger. slaps the shit out of people. <laughs> but like Ranger also has the benefit of having really cool subclasses. And of yes. course I haven't really looked into Druid subclasses.
0: I haven't either. Um, actually,
1: it's a good question. All I know is like Circle of Land is more folk I think Circle of Land is the one that's more focused on magic, and and Circle of the Moon is more focused on the wild shape. But like that just reinforces that like there's just two completely different playstyles. Like they fo- each subclass focuses on a specific side of druid. I think the only other class that I think is like also pretty poorly designed is Warlock.
0: Yeah. I think that's like isn't, wildly I'll agree with you on that. Warlock isn't the best design because you have
1: like three, spe- like we talked about, early spellcasters being pretty yeah. useless in combat. Yeah, Warlock takes that to an extreme where you have two spell slots yeah. and like then you're done. You're,
0: yeah, it's,
1: it's yeah. like uh, Hawkeye from the Avengers. It's like yeah. I brought two hundred and fifty arrows, but now I'm out, so I punch aliens.
0: So, I guess That's, I punch things or I go try and collect my arrows. Caveat Hawkeye is a, a fun character, but also he's better in the comics. If he's well written, yeah. Yes, he's better in the comics than he is in the movies. Yeah. Feel free to at me about that. I will stand up with this point. <laughs> Warlock is one of those things where it's like the f- <laughs> most fun ways I've seen Warlock played is when it's used in multiclassing, mm-hmm. specifically with like Sorcerer, or I've had some fun Bard Warlock multiclasses.
1: I, I kind of. With my plan for my character, I might multi-class into
0: yeah, Bardlock. Be, yeah.
1: There is also the problem with multi-classing with, like, you see a lot of, like, ranger, warlock multi-classing because they're just yeah. the strongest multi-class possible. Yes. Or I just said ranger. I meant rogue.
0: Yeah. like rogue, R- warlock. Yeah. And, like...
1: Both of those pair really well with Paladin. Yeah. So, like, you'll see, like, Hexadin, where, like, max yeah. level, you have, like, 15 levels in Paladin, you have five levels in Warlock, and they just yeah. Divine just, Smite crit, and you add, like, Sneak you're Attack. Just,
0: you're just destroying well, not Hexadin, everything. But- that's
1: okay. It's just like, I really want to try like Hexagon yeah. at some point in like it, a level 20 yeah. one-shot. A level like, if ever twenty I,
0: one shot could be arranged.
1: Like I also have a lot of fun playing Paladin. Like Paladin yeah. is the class that I've played most frequently most it's of the time because class. I just make my character last. Yeah, fair. So it's like, I usually fill in. It's like, oh, we need a tank. Paladin no. is a tank, but also yeah. can slap the shit out of people with Divine Smite. You yeah. have Spell slots that you could use for healing. But you also have lay on hands, so why use it for healing when you could hit the shit out of people?
0: Yes, paladin's a great class.
1: I love paladin uh, as a class yeah, so much. It was the first class I played. I played it really poorly, but God, yeah. did I have fun!
0: I actually don't. So I un- unfortunately haven't gotten a ton of chance to actually play D anD D because mm-hmm. I have mostly been DMing. But one <laughs> of the few characters I have played was a paladin, and it was very fun. Um, I don't remember what the build was, but it was a it was a funky funky paladin. Because it was very homebrewed, like one shot kind of campaign. I think it in actually the, took three sessions to get through this one shot. But
1: <laughs> yeah, in the weird campaign that I was telling you about earlier, which mm-hmm. like had really good DM but really weird players. Yeah, it was really only like two weird players. But that's, that's
0: besides. Still, I was playing. A good chunk of the players.
1: I was. I was gonna abuse the polar master sentinel build, mm-hmm. which like most D, like experienced DMs will ban because yeah. basically it just makes it so that like nobody can pass you. Yeah. Like, you just control the battlefield, which is really sick.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So I,
1: but, like, the combination's just broken. I can't remember, yeah. like, what really breaks off the top of my head, but...
0: I there I think there's a couple things. Yeah. Like, it's, it, just, it's, just, it's just one of those things where it's, like, there's the moving parts just don't work together. And, like, yeah. that's the thing with D&D is that there are a lot of moving parts, because it's not a hard game to play once you mm-hmm. know what you're doing. But there are, like, lots of things to keep track of. Yeah. Also a lot more math than you think there's going to be, especially if you're a DM. <laughs>
1: <laughs> little tip, DM, tip. Yeah, um, DM from tip. what I've heard from yeah. people is counting up for health is yeah. a lot easier to keep track of than counting down because apparently additions easier than subtraction i don't I haven't actually tried the counting actually, up. Yeah, but um
0: well, maybe I'll try that tomorrow Oh <laughs> who knows? you don't I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yet yeah, I, I don't know what's going on in your head. I can't mind read that far..
0: You know. <laughs> I like that sometimes we both forget that this is a podcast, so we just make faces at each other for a second. (laughs) Uh, We both just made ridiculous eyebrow-based faces at each other for anybody who wants to try and visualize our shenanigans. (laughs) Anyways, I feel like that's a a good place to wrap up this episode. venting
1: about the imbalance of D&D and how Druid is poorly designed.
0: Yes. That's not like a hill
1: I'll die on if somebody's like, hey, yeah, Druid. I mean, like, Druid can probably be fun. It's just...
0: We'll find out. We'll Feels have the weird. episode with you and Abby that's just druid versus no druid. Not, not druid. Yeah. Druid and not druid. Anyways, ranking thanks the classes. For hanging out with me.
1: No worries. It's my pleasure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Talking about well,
1: Indian nerd shit.
0: Yeah, I mean you have to come back, so I'm I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> um. yeah,
1: I have to. <laughs> Even if I didn't have fun, you're dragging me back, kicking and screaming. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm not in Waterloo, so I could just like incessantly message you, but that's about it. Anyways. Get other people um, to message me. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with me. No worries. Uh, no worries. My uh, slightly lame outro, which is still in progress. I don't think I actually have like have a solid outro for any of the episodes we've recorded so far. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, but feel free to go follow us on all our various platforms. Instagram and Twitter both exist. They're both at Disaster Masters Pod. Um, we do have an email account for some reason. So if you feel, stop laughing at me, Scott. <laughs> okay, I'll um, mute. If, <laughs> Scott's muted himself so he can laugh at me. So if you I feel like that. sending us an email to tell us like questions, comments, concerns, or if you really liked a particular guest or want to say nice things about the DM team, it's just DisasterMastersPod at gmail.com. Feel free to contact us there. Other than that, thanks for hanging out with us stay if cool people. Or you think of and,
1: complete morons.
0: <laughs> Scott's yeah. opinion
1: about Druids is completely stupid. If you think about
0: <laughs> yeah, proper or, building. Or you send can... us me mean emails about Scott. Don't do that. Scott's great, but... Um, <laughs> Specifically about
1: Scott. Don't make fun of Kaylee. <laughs> yeah, Kaylee's free. opinions are flawless and well thought out.
0: <laughs> Ooh, uh, uh, not a hill I'm going to die on. Anyways, um, thanks for hanging out. Stay cool people and have fun. And now we're going to go to credits. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we're done but uh fun fact oh, um amazing. yeah so we're gonna have like legit the music <laughs> The Disaster Masters podcast is edited and produced by me, Kaylee Davies-niece. Our awesome original music was created by Noah Stoley. To check out more of his work, go look him up on Spotify or wherever else you get your music. An extra special thanks to today's cool person, Scott Russo, and we hope to see you next time. Great trees whirl about like two The creation of a partial vacuum within the vortex can cause...